You're tuned in to the Three Pixels Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Three Pixels Podcast, Halloween edition. Yes, we're here for a Halloween special to talk about some of our favorite memories, movies, and to play some fun games along the way as well. So it's going to be a really great episode. Grab your favorite Halloween beverage, hot or cold. Get tucked in and get ready for the episode. In today's, as in always, every Three Pixels episode, we have our spooky co-hosts, Darvi and Martin. Darvi, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thanks. How are you? Doing very good. Thank you very much. Martin? Spookalicious. There you go. So there we go. Thank you, Martin. Mm-hmm. On brand, on brand. I like it. So it is that time of the year. How fast it has come. Halloween this year is going to be different to other years because of the environment right now. And we understand that. And wherever you are, please be safe and please um, stick to local rules about what you can do. But hopefully you can still have fun, even if you are just at home. And we'll have some advice on what kind of things you can get up to, what movies you can watch coming shortly. Stay tuned for that. But in terms of Halloween, what does Halloween speak to you? What kind of memories does it give? Halloween isn't my very favorite holiday. I prefer Christmas and Thanksgiving over Halloween. But to me, Halloween does break up a little bit of the monotony of the beginning of the school year. My favorite parts about Halloween are always the the rituals that I have started doing. Um, I tend to watch the same movies every single year. I tend to make a lot of the same autumnal spiced foods. I love cutesy Halloween. I don't really like spooky or grotesque Halloween. I like all the cute pumpkins and and all the cute little ghosts. And I've never been a huge fan of dressing up for Halloween. Um, usually I go for the minimum. And, <laughs> uh, and then I take my siblings out to go trick-or-treating. But this year, all my siblings are too old for that. And also... You can't really do that as much this year as usual. This year, my siblings are throwing a small Halloween gathering for their friends. I'm looking forward to it because I'm putting more effort into a costume this year than I think I have done since I was a child. I'm dressing up as the lamp from A Christmas Story, which is... One of my very favorite Christmas movies, actually. Anybody who has seen A Christmas Story knows the infamous lamp that the father wins in a contest. And it becomes the source of a lot of family feuding because it's horribly tacky. And the father just loves it. And there's that iconic line where he's opening up the box and he reads off the box, Fragile, must be Italian. And then he takes out the lamp and 
he thinks it's amazing and everybody else is just ashamed because uh, it's so embarrassing. Anyway, I'm going to be that lamp and I'm very excited. It's been a lot of DIY. It's going to be so much fun. Lovely. Nice. Like, I like it. I like it. Martin, what does Halloween mean to you? Not really that much, unfortunately. I've never really been into much of Halloween at all. Um, I like the movies that Halloween associates itself with, but I've never been one to go trick-or-treating. I, I never really liked Halloween like parties. I think that's because I don't really like dressing up or, or costumes or, and face painting and all that stuff that come with it, which is actually funny. My girlfriend is the complete opposite to me. She loves Halloween to death and it's her favourite holiday, but probably this is probably my least favourite of of all the holidays that that we go through. And I think that's maybe a little bit of, um, here in England, we don't really celebrate Halloween as much as other cultures, such as like the Americans and the Mexicans, which is more you'd see something commercialized and some of it is in folklore and their own culture. Um, but with that, for sure, like, um, I think it is nice that I think on Halloween, you can go out, pick, uh, get sweets, you know, get to know your neighbors in a certain way. And obviously, it's an excuse to drink, I guess, here in the UK. And in the UK, there's one thing we like, and that's an excuse to drink. It's very true, mine. It's very true. Yeah, no, I think we have a group of people here who aren't the biggest in dressing up and, and face paints and all that. But that's fine. We can still enjoy Halloween in our own way. And uh, if you like to dress up and uh, you've got an exciting costume planned for Halloween, don't forget you can tweet us a picture at 3pixelspod and we will retweet all the ones we get. I was going to say the best ones, but let's be honest. All the ones we get. This is a really just strange moment that just, just hit me. But in, in Mean Girls, all I can think is the Halloween party. And <laughs> <laughs> where she's like dressed up as like this gothic woman. And one of her friends is like, why are you dressed so scary? <laughs> I don't know why it's just come to my head, but there you go. So many people will associate Halloween with... Get on the sofa with loved ones and friends and watching a good Halloween movie. Netflix is already filled to the brim with lots of different options for Halloween movies. But if you don't have Netflix or you are wanting something new or something that normally wouldn't get recommended to you to watch for Halloween, or you just like talking about movies and enjoying us talk about movies, then either way, this bit of the episode is, is all for you guys listening. We've had a little think and put together some movies that we enjoy or spoke to us in a certain way or we have nice memories of. And yeah, that's what we're going to be diving into. Go on, Martin. Yeah, let's kick us off. What's your, what's your first movie? So the first movie I picked was The Thing um, from 1982. It was based on uh, 1938 a novel by John W. Campbell, and it was originally titled Who Goes There? Now, the thing takes place in Antarctica with this group of scientists, and all of a sudden they run into this, like, sort of, like, plague, almost, like, can transform itself into li any living organism. And it becomes, in this sort of self-isolated area, of this uh, organism is taking form of crew members, and it's up to the crew members to decipher who is it taking shape of. And it becomes a bit like, who can I trust? And what is going to kill me if 
if I don't sort this out quick enough. And I just think it's a real like suspenseful, completely keeps it the same, solid pace, and knows what to, uh, to really fast the pace uh, in certain moments of the film. It has constantly got you on the edge of the seat, and even the ending, I thought, was you could take a lot away from it and still don't know the full answer. But I don't want to give too many spoilers. I think this is one of the one films that I remember as a kid, I think I was about 12, 13, and I was around my cousin's house, and him and his friends were going to watch it. And being only 12 years old, my cousin went, no, you can't watch this. A, you're too young, and B, you're just going to get scared. Because back at that point, yeah, horror films used to creep me out more than they do now. And I remember waiting years on end to finally get my hands on The Thing and actually watch it for the first time. And I was not disappointed. Among Us has become very popular. Now, if you like the game Among Us, you'll like this film. It is very similar to the premise of that. It has very similar themes to something that's very popular right now. And I, if you, like I said, if you enjoy that game, you'll enjoy this film. All right. My top all-time favorite movie is... Beetlejuice from 1988, directed by Tim Burton. To me, Beetlejuice is a Halloween movie, but it's also my comfort movie when I'm sad. Um, it's like wrapping up in your old like favorite blanket or your favorite hoodie. That, to me, is Beetlejuice. I don't know what I find so appealing about it. A lot of it is... Michael Keaton's amazing performance as Beetlejuice, as well as my favorite performance by Alec Baldwin. There are just so many iconic lines from Beetlejuice, from I'm the ghost with the most baby, which I definitely want on a t-shirt. I myself am strange and unusual. There's the line that I use all the time, which is, this reads like stereo instructions. It's just so good, and it's so funny, and it's really not child-appropriate. There are a lot of inappropriate references in it, so I wouldn't recommend watching it with kids. However, if you want a chilled-out, relaxed date night, or you're feeling kind of spooky, but you're not into horror movies, uh, I highly recommend Beetlejuice. Very high praise indeed. I have seen Beetlejuice, and I can confirm it is a very good movie. So it is worthy to be in the list. I mean, Martin, I know you've seen it, but you don't think it's a highly, so I don't know. Do you have anything to add? I get the appeal. I understand why people do like it, because it is very strange. And and I and I do like Tim Burton. And when you see a Tim Burton film, like you only have to watch like the first five seconds of a Tim Burton film to go, I can tell you who directed this. And it, like Daviana did say, there is a lot of iconic moments. Even though I'm not a massive fan of the film, there are definitely moments that spring into my mind about it. And it, once again, I think when you've got someone like Alec Baldwin, who did put in a performance of a lifetime in that, in my opinion, and you've got the strange but wonderful mind of Tim Burton all culminating into that film, it has to give its props. And even to this day, people still love this film. And there's a good reason why. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Very much agree. So it's my turn next. And this is coming from someone who's not a horror fan, wouldn't traditionally go towards horror films. But I've seen a couple uh, in the genre, and there are a couple that are very much 
movies that you should see if you haven't already. Although this first one, I'd be surprised if people haven't seen it. Although to be fair, it's quite an old movie now. And there have been, there's been a remake, which I would say is not as good, but you know, there we go. And did bring a lot of controversy with its replacement of a full female cast. I'm talking about who you're gonna call Ghostbusters, of course. For its time, it's a classic. Visiting supernatural realms. It's sure not meant to be funny, but the film stretches things a little bit and makes it quite hilarious in, in, in areas. And, uh, you know, the idea is to sit back, enjoy the antics of these Ghostbusting heroes. It may be a little bit dated, but it's considerably one of the great comedies of the 1980s. And I would highly recommend you see it if you haven't seen it. And don't base, if you have seen the newer stuff on that, don't base that on whether you should see this or not. See it in its own right, because it is the original. I'm not going to talk so much about Ghostbusters 2, because arguably it went downhill a little bit. But the, the classic, the original Ghostbusters from 1984 is a solid watch, in my view. Yeah, I think you hit the nail shot on the head there. Um, it wasn't really meant to be like this full-fledged comedy. Although you had uh, Bill Murray in it, which, you know, who was a comical genius at times. But yeah, it was it was such a great movie. And the fact that they even remaked it, it doesn't matter about the, um, the controversy behind it. In my opinion, it was definitely a film that didn't really need to be touched. It was just one of those films that we've made it now. We can't touch it ever again. And it was a shame that they did revisit it, in my opinion. But yeah, what a film. Honestly, I that didn't even hit my mind to think about that film. So what a pick. Thank you, Martin. Thank you. Let's go right back at you, mine. What have you got? So I've sort of gone with a bit of sin of cinema here, as well as it will sort of contradict my next pick after this. And I'll explain why when we get to it. But I've actually gone with a remake film of an absolute cult classic, which is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre which was uh, remade in 2003. And why I picked this one and not the original was because I saw this one first before I actually watched the 1974 version of it. And I loved it. I I just fell in love with the film instantaneously. I think I watched it back to back, which I never do with films. And it was the first one I ever watched back to back. Uh, I love the suspense. I love uh, Leatherface, the killer. I like um, the cultural references. Uh, that surround Leatherface. He is probably one of the most iconic killers in horror fi film history. I would put it right up there with people like uh, Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Street and Jason in there and Michael Myers. So obviously we have Jessica Biel in there who is married to Justin Timberlake and one of my all-time favourite quotation marks actors of all time and that is R.E. Ermy, who you might remember was in Full Metal Jacket. He was the drill instructor who, a spoiler alert, who got killed by uh, Private Pyle in the bathroom. And I just loved um, his whole story, how he got into acting, and I loved what he did with this film. He was the sheriff in this, and he was not a very nice man, let's put it that way. But I don't want to dive too much into the actual film. I feel... Like, it's one of those films you have to experience. I think the original probably is better than this one, but I picked this one purely out of... I saw it first. It was probably the first horror film, barring The Thing, that I really loved. 
And yeah, it has to be my number two. If anyone asked me in the street, what's your two top? This would always be number two. Yes. Great recommendation, Martin. Great movie. Um, I haven't seen it, but what you're saying, it sounds like a great, a great watch. Yeah, I'd definitely recommend watching it. Obviously, it's on my list, but I'd definitely ask you to check out the trailer after this episode and to the audience listening, watch the trailer as well. I think it's something that fills you in very quickly if you know nothing about um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise beforehand. I think it does a very good job at uh, remaking the film. And I feel like it's just one of those trailers that really did psych it up and show some of its best parts. It's not filmed the most cleanly, but that's obviously, that was all intentional. And it does fill suspense and it ticks the boxes in all horror. I haven't seen it, but it's just one of those movies that even if you haven't seen it, you're aware of it and you know a lot about it because it's just within the public zeitgeist. Uh, it's just one of those movies that you know the main characters and you know the <laughs> you know who the baddie is and uh, absolutely iconic. Brilliant. Yes, agreed. I will be checking out the trailer at the end of the episode, as should you. I would have to say my second choice in terms of Halloween movies um, would be... 2014's The Babadook. The Babadook has a special place in my heart because it was my first horror movie. I had a friend in uh, my freshman year of uni who invited me over to her apartment for a small Halloween party um, and we watched The Babadook. I had never seen a horror movie before that. But after I watched The Babadook, I was hooked because it was the only horror movie I'd heard of up to that point that had a real message and a moral to it. And it spoke to something larger than cheap scares. And I thought, you know, that's a movie with some real artistic integrity to it. I won't spoil it for anybody, but uh, the movie delves into issues of um, mourning and grief and what happens to a family after somebody passes away and um, the emotional burden that grief can be manifesting um, into the physical world. Um and I just thought it was so brilliantly done and had such a beautiful message and moral and a beautifully done metaphor. Absolutely cinematic. I thought it was a wonder. Um, but actually that movie started me on a phase during that entire year where I got super into horror movies, actually, and I watched through... Uh, a lot of the horror genre that Netflix had um, at the time. And even though I found a couple other on Netflix um, that were very good, uh, another one that I can think of is Hush, um, 
even though I did find a couple others that were good, I never found another one that I thought was as good as the Babadook. Okay, great recommendation. Martin, have you seen the Babadook? I have not. This is actually the first time I've ever heard this song even mentioned, to be honest. Really? So you say it's on Netflix, so maybe I'll give that actually a watch. It was on Netflix at the time, but in researching for this podcast, I tried to find it again on Netflix, and it was not available. So they must have taken it off. I'm sure you can find it on some other streaming platform. Okay, so we'll come to one final recommendation before we take a break and play a little game. My film recommendation next is based on a book, a novel by Stephen King himself. And we're talking about the movie. Yes, maybe not much as a horror, but I think it's creepy. The psychological thriller film Misery. Misery is a movie I had to watch in uni. Uh, Mar will know, he will chip in probably about that in a bit. But it was released in 1990s and it is the only Stephen King movie to receive a Oscar. Uh, Kathy Bates alongside James Kahn. A great movie. I think it's so creepy and uh, I, think it's, I think it's a horror in the sense that I can really put myself in the shoes of the, the victim, the, the author novelist Paul Sheldon, which is uh, kept captive when he has a bit of an accident. Nurse Annie Wilkes, Annie Wilkes finds him in this remote area, brings him home and then decides to, let's say, prolong his injuries to keep him there for as long as possible because she's a fan of his. Very, very creepy. If you'd like psychological films, definitely one to see. As I said, it is uh, one of the only Stephen King novels to win an Oscar. Uh, so worth a look for sure. Yeah, I, I actually called it. As soon as you said it's a Stephen King film, I'm like, I know what it's going to be instantaneously. Because, yeah, it's a fantastic film. Um, and you're quite right. I think the first experience I had with Misery probably was at university when we started watching it. And then um, I watched it again not long afterwards. And the performances in that is amazing. There's no, like, killer, essentially. It is, like Ben said, just a psycho fan. And it is something that you almost, when you walk away from, it's like, could this happen to someone? And, you know, when you idolise someone so much, it's about what how far would you take that? How far would you keep this person almost like a pet, almost? And I honestly think it is one of those cult classics i know we've used this term a lot uh, throughout this uh, podcast but everything we've mentioned so far really has been in my opinion and it's funny because stephen king is never really happy with his own films but i feel like this is the only one you could and obviously the shining that he could look back on and go actually those two films were very good i should actually be happy how they portrayed it but yeah honestly it, i would say that was such a good film and if you've never watched it you should I've actually never even heard of it. I mean, I'm not a huge Stephen King fan, but I'm a little surprised because um, it sounds really good. Darby, you've got one for your list. Okay, my list is pretty big, to be fair. Let's take a break from the movie list and play a little game. 
So this game is called the Lip Reading Game. Now, you may have heard or played games similar to this, where one person is unable to hear the other for some reason. Usually, if you're doing this in person, you get them to put headphones on, play loud music, but we have headphones on in order to record the podcast. So we're going to do the reverse. We're going to get someone to take the headphones off and then have them fully rely on looking at the webcam feed of another person to lip read the words that are being said. Do we understand? Guys, this is a podcast. You can speak. Oh. <laughs> Got it. I was getting in the rhythm of the game. Yeah, practice. I'll be honest, I had trouble coming up with three lists of uh, things that we can say which are Halloween related, but uh, for Darvi to guess as she's going to go first, I have um, a top 30 list of American Halloween candies. Oh my God, I'm going to rock this. Okay, I thought you'd say that. And for myself, I've just got a top list of Halloween movies. And for Martin, because I couldn't think of three things, I've got 25 best Tom Hanks movies. Thank you very much. Thank you. So yeah, Darby's up first. Darby, take off your headphones. Let's go two minutes on the clock. So Darby's taking her headphones off. She can't hear. Can, can you can see my, you can see me? Yep, got a thumbs up. Reese's peanut butter cups. Reese's peanut butter cups. Twix. Twix. Snickers. C's? Snickers. C's. Snickers. <laughs> it's not C's. <laughs> okay. Kit Kat. Kit Kat. Butterfinger. It looked like you said peanut butter and jelly. Butterfinger. Butterfinger. Hundred grand. Twix. One hundred grand. One hundred grand. <laughs> what? <laughs> Mr. Goodbar. Mr. Goodbar. Snickers bar. Nestle Crunch. Captain Crunch. No, wait, that's cereal. Nestle Crunch. Crunch bar? Hershey. Hershey. Uh, Hershey's. Mm. Hershey's. Onion. Hershey's. Hershey's. Give me the next one. Give me the next one. Starburst. 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 Starbucks. Starburst. Starburst. How many did I get? Six. Good job. Six. Ah, six. Thank you. Thank you. Hold your applause. <laughs> Can I just say, as a disclaimer, I suck at lip reading. <laughs> so. In three, two, one, go. Apollo 13. Sorry. Apollo 13. Apollo 13? 
Yeah. Toy Story. Toy Story. Yeah. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. I ain't got a clue, Skip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I'm just going to go on a guess and just say uh, Sleepless in Seattle? <laughs> no. Uh, okay. A beautiful day in the no, neighborhood. Skip. Okay. Uh, a league of their own. What are you a saying? League. <laughs> a league of their own. Uh, skip. <laughs> okay. Uh, bridge. Bridge of spies. Bridge of spies. Oh, that was rough. I, I can't tell. That was difficult. Okay, I'm going to take off my headphones. So, um, Martin, if you want to do your three, two, and one, yeah. and then Darby will start the timer. Okay. Invisible man. Invisible man. Halloween. 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 Psycho. Psycho. Gyro. <laughs> Psycho. Chai. Psycho. 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 The cabin in the woods. The, <laughs> the cabin man in the woods. In the woods. The cabin in the woods. The cabin in the woods. The omen. The omen. The omen. Get out. Get out. Get out. No, I don't get it. The witch. The witch. A real saw. Huh? Saw. Saw. It. It. Jennifer's body. Jennifer's body. The invisible body, I think. Jennifer's. Jennifer's. No, I can't. It follows. It follows. Into flow. It follows. Into follows. No. It. Crimson Park. Oh, Crimson, Crimson Park. Peak. Something in the park. All done. Can I just say, for someone who doesn't like horror movies or like 
Halloween much in general. You did really good on Halloween horror movies. Okay, so Darby got six, Martin got three, and I got eight. So we I did. win something for once. That's that's amazing. <laughs> Yay, Ben. What well up, Ben? My, my game idea, so you're welcome, guys. <laughs> right, back to the movies. Okay, so I teased a little bit of my second film of uh, the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre of why this is a bit of a controversial pick afterwards. And that film is Scream, made in 1996. And why it's a little controversial, because in this film, it pokes fun of all horror films and saying about like remakes aren't that good. They're not as good as the original. So as soon as I put Texas Chainsaw Massacre down, I was like, I know what my inner body is going to tell me about Scream. If you've never seen it, it's directed by horror legend Wes Craven, who did a Nightmare on Elm Street, as well as The Hills Have Eyes. And it generally just breaks the meta of all horror films. My favourite quote in all of it, that I still quote to uh, my best friend to this day, is when they're at a party and one of the guys is talking about the rules of horror how like you shouldn't go alone, you, you shouldn't do certain things. And one of them was, you should never say, I'll be right back, because you never will be. And his best friend then proceeds to say, I'll be right back. And even right now to this day, since I first watched it, I'll quote that one line to say, I'll be right back. I don't know why, it's just a silly geeky thing for me, but it's just one of those films that I can watch over and over again. The first time I watched it, I think I was like 11, with um, with my dad, and I didn't realise what sort of film it was. And my dad doesn't really like horror films, or really any films, to be honest. And just sitting there, like, sat behind a blanket, like, I don't like this film, I don't like this film. When you watch it back, you're like, what was I scared of? It's just, <laughs> it's just stupid at times. Um, this film is actually based on uh, a real event in the uh, Grainsville Ripper, as well as uh, it had a budget of only 15 million, but it box officed 173 million, which is absolutely ridiculous for a horror film. If, and for such a small little budget. Honestly, if you are a film study student and if, you're, if you like deconstructing films, this is pretty much a template of how to destruct a horror, deconstruct a horror film. It genuinely is. Like all the classic tropes are there, fake jump scares, heightening music to, oh, it's just someone just playing about a prank sort of thing. And I love the idea of the iconic face of Ghostface as well. Again, one of those identifiable uh, killers that you can instantly name. Even if you've never watched a film, you have an idea or an inkling of who Ghostface is. I love the opening with Drew Barrymore as well. One of, at this point, a rising star in cinema. And if you've watched the film, we understand what happened to her. And all of a sudden you think, we've established the law inside 10 minutes of what this film's about. All the way up to the final moment, it'll keep you guessing of who the killer actually is. And also, it's spun a uh, TV series, which, on, which is on Netflix, which I definitely recommend going to watch. Um, me and my girlfriend have watched that together. And... She's never seen any screen films, but straight afterwards we watched all uh, all four straight after. Great recommendation, Martin. It's brilliant. Yeah, again, I know I haven't seen, so I don't know what I'm playing at. I know we could say, "Oh, we've watched this one." You got to watch this one. But this is this is my number one. This is 
the creme de la creme of films. My final recommendation is the classic Another Tim Burton Nightmare Before Christmas from 1993. It's cute, it's funny, but my favorite part about Nightmare Before Christmas is the songs. They are so good. And actually, um, when I was in high school, my choir did a whole Nightmare Before Christmas medley as part of our um, non-denominational winter holiday concert. And we sang Nightmare Before Christmas. And of course, we butchered it because it was only beginner's choir. But I just have such fond memories. Honestly... I just like the first half an hour of Nightmare Before Christmas because it the first half an hour has the best musical numbers, um, the best visuals. It's the most fun part of the movie. There's definitely, in the second half, it goes into a bit of a lull for me. But I just felt like we could not have a Halloween movie recommendation podcast and not talk about Nightmare Before Christmas. It is a classic. Nightmare Before Christmas is all about uh, the internal struggle of Jack Skellington, who is the Halloween Town King. Every year on Halloween, the citizens of Halloween Town um, enter our world, and they just make sure that Halloween is the best Halloween it possibly can be, they make it creepy and scary and uh, generally grotesque. And then we find out that in this universe, there are separate worlds for every holiday. So the movie is about what happens when disillusioned Jack, the Pumpkin King, finds that he's getting kind of tired of the sound of screams and he wants to go and see what Christmas and joy is like, but it doesn't translate very well and the whole cast get up to some hijinks and some A-plus high-quality music numbers. Absolutely beautiful. Obviously, the best musical number is the Oogie Boogie song at the very end, though. I was gonna say, the best song is Oogie Boogie? I've gotta say, it's the Kidnap uh, Santa Claus is my favorite one of all of them. Like when uh, Lock, Shock, and Barrel are plotting to take uh, Santa Claus. I think that is genuinely my favorite song throughout the entire film. Really? Um, and I also have to agree with you. The first 30 minutes are just spectacular visually and in terms of storyline, sets up the characters very nicely. I always find when they go to Christmas Town, it's the moment where I'm like, don't really like this film from this point onwards. Not like this, like I don't want to watch anymore. More the fact that the first 30 minutes was so good and hard to live up to that that last like sort of hour or so is a bit, yeah, it's fine, but whatever. But genuinely, yeah, what, what a film. And you're quite right. Can't talk about Halloween without talking about Not Before Christmas. So for my final movie, I'm going to go to a more recent movie and one that caught me by kind of surprise and I wasn't expecting it to be quite as good but it's stuck in my mind ever since and actually one I would rewatch at some point when I have the nerve to 
The movie is all about a young African-American who visits his white girlfriend's parents for the weekend, where his simmering uneasiness about their reception of him eventually reaches a boiling point. Some of you already know what I'm talking about. Get Out, of course, the 2017 movie featuring Daniel Kaluuya and Alison Williams. Just to name a few. It is such a great movie. It did really well at the time. Of course, directed by Jordan Peele and written by Jordan Peele. A brilliant piece of work. It's another one of these psychological horror thrillers that if you haven't seen it, 100% go and see it. It is uh, critically acclaimed for a reason and is one of my standout movies from, from the last little while, including all movies in this. I just think it was so well done and um, did a very interesting thing with the genre and is well worth a watch. I actually wrote down Get Out and I wanted to talk about going to the movie theater to see it with you. And both of us walking out feeling like, wow, that was such an awesome movie. And you don't even like horror movies, hardly. So for you to say that Get Out is an amazing piece of film uh, is really quite high praise. So if you haven't seen it, uh, it's widely available, I'm sure, uh, on most um, rental platforms streaming it. You'll be able to find it. Give it a watch. It is... Um, not super long either. It's it's uh, shy of two hours, one hour 44. This is a great length. And uh, yeah, not family friendly for sure, but worth a watch. That is all we have time for on this episode. I'm going to leave it right there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your love and support, especially during these difficult times. Um, we want you to know that we'll be here creating as much as we can to help keep you entertained, no matter what. Thank you so much to Martin and Darby for joining me. Thank you very much, Ben, for having us. And I hope you have a nice spooky or horrifying or whatever term will be for Halloween. Thank you for having me and uh, happy Halloween, everybody. And um, I hope that you uh, have a great one, even though maybe your uh, traditions have changed a little bit this year. From everyone at the Three Pixels team, we wish you a very happy Halloween. Have a safe time. Don't get too spooked, but maybe a little bit spooked. Enjoy some great movies. Spend some time with friends and family, if you can, safely. And we'll see you on the next episode. Don't forget to subscribe. Check out our social media in the show notes below. With that, goodbye. We'll be right back. Whoa. <laughs> Okay, bye. I'm not doing a silly voice. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thanks, Boo. You're tuned in to the Three Pixels podcast.